Hello and welcome to a new episode of Wikijabber. My name is Vastan Walroth. I'm here in Columbus, Ohio at the Wiki Conference North America with guests from uh, Mexico, Canada, US and uh, several from Europe um, in a university library building, a large one. I really like it. And uh, today is the first day at the hackathon and I met Sam Smith. Hi, Sam. Hi. Uh, please introduce yourself. Yes, so Sebastian, thank you for the invitation. I uh, just coincidentally found one of your podcasts mm -hmm. uh, before coming here, before meeting you, and I was mm -hmm. very impressed with it. Thank so you. So I'm uh, really in, uh, delighted to see you in person and to take part in your uh, podcast activity. Uh, again, my name is Sam Smith. I am uh, originally from North Carolina. That's where I got my uh, southern accent. But I've lived in Michigan for 40 years. Mm -hmm. I was with General Motors and uh, got involved in uh, factory networking and became a specialist there. I've given some uh, expert testimony to the U.S. Co uh, House of Congress on how to network the uh, Congress's uh, congressional office buildings and uh, very instrumental in setting standards for factory networks at GM. But my background is in the humanities uh, bachelor's degree in uh, mm -hmm. uh, the humanities from Davidson College. I took a year abroad in Germany. And uh, then I went to uh, Georgia Tech for a master's in information science. Um, so my interests are both in the technical side and also in the humanities. My career has been in more in the technical side. But in my retirement, I'm looking back into my humanities background mm -hmm. to uh, try to combine big data with the semantic web and computer uh, technologies to analyze historical data, mm. hopefully in an objective manner, to more readily identify uh, false narratives, to be able to show, to some degree, cause and effect. So that's the background for my interest in um, in this whole area. Mm. I'm calling it structured history. That is a way to analyze historical information that's been structured in some context. I was delighted to find out about Wikidata, which has actually structured the data in Wikipedia. And uh, it also combines uh, just a huge amount of data. So you've got big data and structured data in mm -hmm. Wikidata. So I'm hopeful to mine Wikidata to be able to analyze information of a historical nature uh, by the computer and hopefully identify, uh, be able to take a, an explanation of a historical event that may be wrong and show why it's wrong. Okay. It's an, it's an area of knowledge. I, uh, it's peripheral for me. I, I'm not so into it. And I maybe you can explain a little bit more. What, uh, what is it? Uh, what do you mean with structured information about historical data yeah it's uh, like in wikipedia has an article about uh let's say um goethe or um max planck mm -hmm. and it would give you textual information about max planck but wikidata would allow you to uh see who, who was who was the who were the ideas that Uh, Planck picked up mm. who were his predecessors, who were his teachers. Ah, okay. uh, so, for instance, in Wikidata, you'd have a person, Max Planck, that would be identified with, by a number, a Q number, an item. Mm -hmm. 
and then you would have properties. So among the properties would be student of or influenced by. Uh-huh, That's a okay. specific property within Wikidata. So you mm-hmm. can take all of the historical figures now and run a query in Wikidata to say who are all the people who were either influenced by Max Planck mm-hmm. or whom Max Planck influenced. But there's no... Or is there a quantity indicator of the influence and how would you measure the the, the amount of influence of, of somebody, somebody else? To tell well, else? Now that's, that's an interesting question and mm-hmm. that would not be currently in wiki uh, wiki data uh, that is the quantitative information. However, there are indirect ways that you can determine that. That is, you count the number of people who were influenced by Max Planck mm-hmm. to To oh, that degree, okay. it will increase the amount that he is uh, mm. uh, seen as being influential. Uh, another indirect measure in Wikidata is how many uh, how many articles are linked to a given person. Mm. So that's an article rank of people in Wikidata. So that, to some degree, gives you an indication of someone's importance. Uh, that is, how many people are linked mm. in Wikipedia to that person. So it's not a very accurate picture, but it is a, a good, a, a reasonable uh, indication of uh, uh, someone's importance. Okay. Uh, interesting. But the, the influence of one scientist to the other, to the other would, or I would look at their papers if the ideas of one person are uh, included in, in other uh, scientists' papers. Well, no, that would be true. And to some degree, you do have articles uh, referenced in Wikidata. Uh, so that would be one item is to get all the publications of a given person mm-hmm. and then see how many people uh, access those uh, articles or books. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing I'd like to do is uh, get all of the books that someone read as they were being becoming educated mm. and see uh, how that matches how many books for instance were influenced uh, how many books influenced different people over time mm-hmm. and um, so uh, there are a number of ways of, of doing that uh, I read one book in particular was called German Genius it was just about the German uh, development of its expertise in mm-hmm. the sciences during the last couple hundred years or really a 200-year period, and it was just fascinating because it, it talked quite a bit about the uh, the student, who was a student of whom, at which university, uh, Jena okay. or mm-hmm. uh, Berlin, um, and uh, that was uh, quite interesting. I, I would really like to mine that in a good bit more uh, detail. I've mm-hmm. actually taken the index of that book and scanned it and uh, have a list of all the people that are mentioned in that book mm-hmm. and uh, it would be just fascinating to me to to, to I haven't done that yet but I'm, I'm planning to is to take that set of German scholars and see which ones influenced the others so that's a subset of the uh, world I'd like to you know tackle when I have the chance and have the data uh, better uh, you know pulled together but what I found in Wikipedia or Wikidata where all these properties are identified, is that the properties do not form a, as logical a, a structure as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, that deals with what is called the ontology. That is how the uh, terms relate to each other. 
And in Wikidata, there are two particular terms, uh, instance of and subclass of, and mm-hmm. they're identified with a number. P31 is instance of, and P279 is a subclass of. And those are the two main properties that give uh, structure to the ontological interpretation of all the terms in Wikidata. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not as logical as I think they could be. And that's one thing I'm working with a gentleman at the University of Michigan, Dr. Young Hung He, mm-hmm. uh, who's a specialist in bioinformatic uh, ontologies. So mm-hmm. we're working together on a project called Micro Macro Biological um, History to tie together the microbiological ontologies he's worked with and to extend those into the human sphere. Uh, it's really hard for me to understand because I, I never thought about it. Uh, first, this instant of and subclass of. So, uh, um, elephant is a subclass of mammals. Yeah. And what is the, uh, what is uh, the instance the of? The instance of, see, that's one thing that I feel like many ontologies do not have that distinction. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's not a distinction that's very easy to to really articulate and I would maintain that it is not not carefully uh, managed in Wikidata. So uh, instance of it's like uh, Karl Friedrich Gauss is an instance of human. Yes, like a, 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 a person like Max yeah. Planck is an mm-hmm. instance of P31 human. Mm-hmm. So he is an instance of a human but uh, and, and that's consistently used in People, people, all, all people in Wikidata, as far as I can see, are, are a, a P31, yeah. uh, uh, Q5 is human. <laughs> we know, do not know special uh, homo heidelbergensis. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, on the other hand, other terms, uh, in some cases they're instance of, in other cases they're subclass of. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a whole area that could, could, uh, benefit from a more, uh, comprehensive look into the, uh, ontological structure. And it may be that there needs to be several ontological frameworks for data in Wikipedia or mm-hmm. Wikidata. And I think that's a, uh, a likely possibility. And it goes back to the um, distinction between the nominalist and the realist philosophies. Uh, you've got Plat- Platonic uh, mm-hmm. is more, uh, you know, uh, uh, ideals and um, abstract uh, uh, meanings, whereas in Aristotle's terms, are much more pragmatic, and the um, the uh, bio, microbiological ontologies the doctor he is working with is based on a system called the. Uh, it's ba- ultimately based on an Aristotelian uh, model of how objects in the world are categorized, mm-hmm. and it's called a basic formal ontology, and that is being used by about a hundred ontologies, uh, you know, subject area ontologies in the biomedical field that deal with um, the terms involved in biomedical research. Mm-hmm. And just this summer, they did a workshop on stem cell investigations, and that particular workshop was to set the uh, ontology that is the terms and the relationships that a researcher would use when he does a he or she does a stem cell investigative investigative uh, research project. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. so that if you have someone in Germany doing that mm-hmm. project and somebody doing it in the U.S., they would use the same, same terminology, not necessarily the same words, but the, the German words and the U.S. words would tie it together in the same ontological framework. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's sort of the uh, idea uh, of that. Um, so uh, we were working on uh, that project. We've done a couple things together. He, he presented a, a poster presentation in Shanghai this summer about um, all of the people in Wikidata who have died of a microbial reason. Mm-hmm. And we got about 6,000 mm-hmm. uh, people in Wikidata that uh, actually succumbed to some uh, disease that's of a microbiological nature. Mm-hmm. So we tried to see what we could find that was in common about that those 6,000 people. Mm-hmm. We were not able to find a whole lot that was in common by mm-hmm. them, but uh, it was uh, very interesting to be able to determine through wiki data all mm-hmm. the people that have died of some microbial reason. So yeah. That's quite interesting. This is the, the wonder of big numbers that um, if you had, if, uh, have data about 6,000 people they, and, and you know what they are died from, that say something, you mm-hmm. know. You know, yeah, we can yeah. Uh, show the statistics, and you could. We showed uh, who died over which period, and uh, that the number of people who have been dying of microbial reasons has been tapering off over years. But uh, during the AIDS epidemic, you could see a, uh, a peak in uh, mm-hmm. the number of people that died of mm-hmm. microbial reasons. But before uh, humanity uh, was knowing about uh, micro uh, microbes. They couldn't categorize them into died on microbes. They said on died on bad air or something. Yes, yes. Now that that's a case that you really uh, the statistics don't start meaning anything until microbes were mm-hmm. known, uh, with several exceptions. And those were the uh, Black Death and the um, mm-hmm. uh, various smallpox epidemics that can have been identified yeah. uh, as being smallpox, even though people at the time didn't know. You know where they came from. So um, you can see, for instance, well, 1919 was the flu epidemic, but people knew about microbes at that time. But there were uh, plagues that were of a historical nature. Mm. And at the time, people didn't know there were microbial uh, causes, but, you know, we know now that they were. Yeah. And what you are working on is to find or identify ontologies. I, I don't know much about ontologies. Can there be more than one ontology systems in uh, in parallel and how this work? I think there can be, mm. um, and and again, it depends on how you see mm. a reality. You know, whether the uh, whether a term like um, oh, I, I wish I could think of a better uh, things more quickly, but um, whether a, a, a table is the concept of a table mm-hmm. <laughs> or whether the table is that thing over there that's in the corner you know, is it the uh, mm-hmm. is it the actual object that you're talking about or is it the the concept of a table mm-hmm. so those are two different ways of looking at reality in a way yeah and um, and it changes how we uh, yes, it, see the world if yeah, you have it, different concepts if you can have mm-hmm. wet snow and dry snow and snow in winter and snow in, in, in autumn it can be different have different meanings for you 
or you live in a well uh, air conditioned flat and you do not care about snow then it's only snow uh, to, yes so yeah. to some degree although these are not related to emotional not not to not a, to attitudinal uh, mm -hmm. factors it's really how you see the world and that it goes to phenomenologist or a Uh, idealist, so it, uh, it, it's different ways of looking at the, the world, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not a philosopher, but uh, the, the uh, idealist approach, it really deals with terms. Uh, the word, and to some degree, that's what is embedded, it seems to me, in Wikidata right now is, uh, is more of a nominalist um, uh, approach to ontologies. And uh, my preference is toward the Aristotelian um, ontology that would see a cat as a, an entity, an object, not as a concept of a cat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but there are probably at least those two ways of looking at the world, the realist and the nominalist uh, views, mm. plus many others, I'm sure, I guess. But um, anyway, uh, I, I feel that... Uh, It would be very beneficial to have an Aristotelian-based ontology underlying uh, Wikidata so that at least it, it may not necessarily be the official ontology of Wikidata, but to have a an ontology that would allow um, the terms and concepts and uh, entities in Wikidata to be uh, analyzed from an Aristotelian uh, framework. Mm -hmm. And if... When we have this, what is then different? Oh, I think it, it helps to um, bring things together. That is, you do a search, mm -hmm. and the search terms that you use um, really, to a large degree, or they do, indicate what you're going to get out. So if you don't ask the right question, uh, you're going to get the wrong answer. And if you ask the right question, but the data in Wikidata is not consistently organized, mm -hmm. you're not going to get... You'll never know whether you've got the full answer or not. Mm -hmm. So you really need to be careful, it seems to me, to be sure that in a given frame of reference, a given subject area in Wikidata, you need to have the uh, items characterized in a consistent manner. Mm -hmm. If they're not, you just don't get good queries. But if you decide for one ontology, then you decide how we look at things. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to um, get around that uh, mm. issue. So the real question is, uh, is the ontology complete and consistent or not? Mm. Uh, whether one ontology would work uh, for everything, I don't know the answer to that. But I do think that there's a need, which are, whether it's nominalist or realist, uh, there's a need for a consistent um, and as complete as possible ontology. Uh, there's one distinction. It's important mostly to be consistent. Completeness is another factor because you can, completeness means how broad is the ontology. Does it yeah. cover everything? Mm -hmm. And, and that's not necessary. Okay. It doesn't have to be complete. And in fact, if you know based everything, so do, we do not have to organize everything. Okay. That's right. Everything. You can really, and, and there it's a case where you can really restrict the scope of your Uh, queries. In other mm -hmm. words, if you're going about some research project, you know that your tools would not apply outside of a certain sphere of, uh, of, of uh, uh, interest, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a problem. You know, you say, "Well, we're just not as, we're excluding that part of the uh, the known world or possibly unknown world uh, from what we're 
trying to analyze. So the key thing is consistency with a hopefully expanding uh, degree of completeness. Mm. So that's yeah, it's a huge task. And uh, uh, yeah, are you doing it alone? You said you have a, a colleague in the university. Yes, uh, Dr. He is uh, uh, American name is Oliver, Dr. Oliver. He He's in the University of Michigan Medical Research Center. And uh, he's just received one of four awards for uh, forming partnerships to do research around the world mm -hmm. uh, from the University of Michigan. So his work is really, uh, I think, getting a, a good degree of attention. Um, but I'm also here to work with people that are involved in the, uh, particularly the glam world, the uh, galleries, libraries, archives, and museums, mm -hmm. because their work uh, necessarily involves categorizing things yeah. and categorizing uh, and in the libraries the books are categorized and actually we were talking about today this morning already we've had a little conference and uh trying to identify well, what's the need in this world and we we sort of at least the very first uh articulation of the need is that uh there's a need for um a a glam a, a gallery library library um, archives, museum, um, metadata. They also use the term metadata for the data mm -hmm. about the things that they're working with, mm -hmm. or ontology, to have a glam metadata that's appropriate for the era of the semantic web. Mm -hmm. That is, right now they categorize books in various ways or artworks, but uh, the semantic content of the work is not necessarily represented and certainly not represented in a consistent way. Mm. An example is Spinoza and Rembrandt. Um, they were contemporaries, as I understand, in Amsterdam. Uh, Spinoza wrote uh, different concepts. Rembrandt had similar ideas and he painted about them. How, how similar would the two people be in terms of their thoughts uh, mm. and their, 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 their works? Uh, they deal with the same semantics. Uh, were the, the concepts that Spinoza was thinking about and writing about similar to the um, works and mm -hmm. the worldview that uh, Rembrandt was bringing uh, into existence. It just turns out, I believe, there's some uh, possibility that Spinoza was a subject for one of or more of uh, Rembrandt's works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but uh, an ability to Uh, semantically relate all these things. That is, their lives, their works, uh, and and their artifacts. That is, the actual thing that's hanging on the wall. Mm. So much of the work in the museums is trying to track, well, where did that piece come from? Not so much, well, what does it really say? What is it talking about? What is its subject? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the uh, the idea. So I'm, I'm talking to people in the library and museum world to see how they would go about standardizing these. Uh, so if we have a, um, a good categorizing system for the things, we can could analyze them better, right? Is yes. That the point? Uh, yes. For instance, mm -hmm. you could say, well, uh, how about the idea of uh, Rousseau? Idea, his ideas were quite influential about, you know, the natural world and uh, things like that. How, where did Rousseau's ideas come from and how many works of art reflect the notions of Rousseau. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that's possible to have that uh, accessible by computer methods. Yeah. But it takes uh, it takes big data, which we have now, mm -hmm. but it also takes, in my opinion, some degree of ontological mm -hmm. rigor. 
Okay. The, my my fault is that I always want to have a complete solution, but this is not. But it, it's a, what I understood is that it's a new way to look at things and find things out. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a way to um, to say, well, I have this question about mm -hmm. some aspect of reality. So, what are the terms that I need to employ to mm -hmm. go about capturing the idea that I have, and then how do I use those terms to search for relevant information? Ah, yeah. So it's about learning how to ask questions. Yes, yeah, mm. I guess that's really a good way to net it out. Yeah, that might be a very good way to uh, sort of articulate the problem I'm working on is how do you know the questions? Mm. How, how do you formulate the questions you really yeah. need to ask? <laughs> mm. And it, it is helpful to have some frame of reference for forming that question rather than just not having a, uh, a frame of reference. Mm. And... Um, How long? So, uh, when did you stumble first time uh, across uh, Wikipedia and Wikipedia? Uh, about two years ago. Mm -hmm. see, that was uh, 2015. 2015, I believe, is the uh, year when I started this. And I thought, truthfully, that you know my project was far bigger than I could do on my own. Mm -hmm. But I thought I would have to take the wiki data and and structure it. But mm -hmm. it turns out that it's been done twice now. Uh, DBpedia. Uh, was done mm -hmm. by, um, I believe, the Max Planck Institute in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Wikidata came along in 2012. I believe DVpedia came along in 2007. And it's really quite good. I think... 2002. It, 2002? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's still around, and it's very good, in my opinion. I, I feel my personal feeling is the ontological... Uh, underpinnings of DBpedia are superior to Wikidata. Mm. Now, I may be wrong there, but I, I think that that's the case. But um, it seems like the uh, attention is really being diverted, uh, uh, focused on Wikidata more so than DBpedia. But again, I don't know the situation. Mm. But for, from my standpoint, the structuring of data in Wikipedia has been done already. <laughs> um, DBpedia first, and now Wikidata. So, um, so my project doesn't mm. have to take that on but it does so have you to saw this and, and thought yes that's the thing that's that's <laughs> it that's what i needed yeah. <laughs> that's what i was looking for and i was just so impressed that uh i wasn't alone in thinking that there was a need to structure the data in wikipedia mm. so uh, really really uh, quite a uh, uh, thrilled to see that uh, i was not out in left field uh, and thinking that that would be a gr great idea to structure the data in mm -hmm. wikipedia mm -hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. And what motivates you to think about structured data? I, the, the, the big picture is to try to be able to take things, let's say like climate change. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's a narrative. There's a narrative of climate change. There's a science behind that. But uh, narratives are wrapped around that. Either there's not or there is. Well, you should be able to analyze questions like that in an objective way by computer and really highlight uh, where a false narrative falls off the table as being just not right at all. Mm. <laughs> and that sort of that's the background. That's the basic is to say, well, look, there's just too much a, a disagreement among people. Mm over factual matters and uh, factual, uh, you know, uh, phenomena. 
and uh, not every disagreement could be subject to objective analysis, but a whole lot can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could change something, you are king of Wikipedia or Wikidata now, and you could change something. What what be the first or second things you would change by order? I would, um, well, of course, my interest right now would be the uh, ontological framework to, mm-hmm. to work on that and get people to uh, uh, address that and determine whether it really is a problem needing addressing or not. But I think the bigger picture is to get the whole uh, Wikipedia and Wikidata uh, idea out to the rest of the world. It's got a wealth of information, and a huge numbers of people are just not tuned into that. Mm. Uh, either they don't know about it or they don't really see how beneficial it is or how well it's been able to capture the world's uh, understanding mm. and reflect that. Um, it's just so impressive when you get on any topic now mm-hmm. and try to find out something about it. And you look at the various ways it's being described on the Internet. And then you look at how it's being described in Wikidata, Wikipedia, and it's just much more accurate, much more complete. Uh, and I, I think that's uh, uh, what needs to be uh, done is to convince people to really start looking at Wikipedia and Wikidata mm-hmm. as a world resource for the world's repository of information. And Thank it's you a great much. resource. It's a great <laughs> worldwide resource. It's not as well, yeah. not as widely or as uh, 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 deeply appreciated as it could be. Thank you for this insights. Thank you for this talk. Well, thank you, Sebastian. It opens a, a new world for me. My German has uh, suffered over the last 40 years. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye.